Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another week, and we are now officially in phase three of the off-season program as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 57. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with former NFL defensive back and current ESPN analyst Matt Bowen in a conversation I've been sitting on for a couple of months now. I got a chance to catch up with Matt out at the Combine, and I'm really excited for you all to hear Matt and I dissect all of your basic coverages and the roles of every member in the secondary in each of those schemes. So I hope everybody out there can learn a little bit from Matt. Next up, we've got Two Technique, where I jump into the locker room here at OTAs so you can meet one of the newest Eagles and how he accomplishes one of the hardest things at his position. That is what we call a tease. And then we wrap it all up with Saturday Scouting, where we look at Eagles defensive tackle, Aziz Shitu. Last week, we dove a bit into some of the undrafted free agents that I was most excited about for the Eagles, and Shitu was the first name I brought up. So I thought, all right, I'll dump deeper into my notes here after watching him at Stanford this fall. We've got a ton to get to this week, so let's not waste any time. I caught up with Matt Bowen at the Scouting Combine in February to break down all of the different basic coverage concepts you'll find in the NFL. Let's get things rolling with Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Joining me this week on Chalk Talk, ESPN analyst and former NFL defensive back Matt Bowen. And Matt, I appreciate the time today. Wanted to talk to you about different coverage schemes you know, for NFL defenses you'll see around the league and uh, really get into the nuts and bolts, strengths and weaknesses, and different responsibilities for different players across the field. Uh, let's start with cover two, and I, I feel like that's a, a scheme that a lot of fans think they have a good idea of and right. the responsibilities. Uh, take us through for a cornerback and just basic cover two. What are the responsibilities there? The responsibilities for a cornerback and, and why you're going to look at different skill sets, too, outside the numbers is you are a flat defender. But really, you have to jam first. Your job is to protect that safety over the top. And how do you protect the safety? You get something on the wide receiver. You want to force an inside release because the safety in cover two is dropping to the top of the numbers, about 15 to 18 yards deep, keeping everything in front of them playing top down. But when you allow that outside release, that safety starts to widen off the landmarks. What does that do? That opens up the middle of the field for the Mike backer that's carrying the seam. That's trouble. So as a corner, you're really taught, stay square, use your hands, slide, jam. Now, if he does get take an extremely hard outside release, now you jam him into the boundary. Open your hips, and you do what I call a zone turn. You open to the quarterback. You're not playing man coverage. You open to the quarterback. And if you're not immediately threatened in the flat, you start to sink. You get depth. You get, again, cover two is deep to short. You want him to throw the ball to the flat. That's yeah. where you want it to go. Because you're telling the offense, hey, you want to throw a flat route and gain four yards? Well, this takes 20 of them to get down the field. Okay, yeah. keep throwing them. Keep throwing them. Because eventually you're going to make a mistake. You know, I played for Lovey Smith in St. Louis. Sure. Perry Fuel, who used to work under Lovey with the Bears, uh, was my defense coordinator in Buffalo. We covered two teams. And that's what we worked out. They're landmark defense, but it's really more technique-based. In that corner, you better be able to tackle. Yeah. You have to tackle. Because, again, throw the ball to the flat. If you miss a tackle, and that's first down. If you make a tackle, four-yard gain, that's great. And then that guy catching the ball in the flats and go to his coach and say, hey, you know, I'm tired of the corner coming down and chopping me down, and the flats, stop throwing it to me. Throw it to someone else. <laughs> but the weakness right there is they call it that deep hole. Right. And the deep hole is between the safety, between the cornerback. 
and they'll run a seven route, which is a corner route, try to hit it there. So they use that flat route as bait. Yeah. You know, they're setting the cheese there for that corner. Telling, hey, come on up. We're going to throw the flat, and they'll throw it right over your head. Because as a safety, the seven route's not really your play. I mean, everyone thinks it is. You're supposed to drive top down. You should take a downhill 45-degree angle if you're playing with depth, and then you have a chance to separate the wide receiver from the ball. But your corner's got to help you. He's got to force that quarterback to put arc over it. Then you can go make a play in the ball. So really the job of that corner, get disruption early, trying right. to delay that release as best as possible to help that safety over top and prevent any other kind of routes behind you. Uh, against the run, too, that corner also has to be uh, you know, almost a force player against the yes. run. And so that's why you add in that run defense, that tackling ability for that corner. Right, especially if you're the backside of a slot. You're playing over the tight end, you got two wide receivers in a slot, and that tight end blocks down. Well, guess what, man? It's time to put your big boy pads on because they're coming to block you, okay? <laughs> and that's what offenses will do. They'll say, oh, they're a cover two team. They're, they're squatting the corner in the flat. Let's run the ball at them. Yeah. See if you can handle it. Because a lot of times you'll see, especially with the young corners, they'll start to widen. You know, you pull a tackle, you pull a guard out there, a lead out with a fullback, they'll widen. That's exactly what the offense wants. Because if they can block you, it's one for one, and now you've widened the running lane. Right, yeah, sure. Now you're telling this, the safety you have a wider alley to fill it. Because as a safety, you always read number one. Number one tells you everything. It reads like an open book, too. If he blocks the corner, it's a run. Come downhill. If he releases outside, there's two routes he can run. Two. Fade or comeback. Yeah, come That's back. it. Yep. You want to run an out route, you're going to catch it in the seventh row and grab a hot dog from the guy that, you know, handing out <laughs> hot dogs or grab a beer because there's not enough room out there. Right. Now, an inside release, you got a couple things. Now you have to watch the stem. Usually it's inside, stem to the top of the numbers. That's where we get the seven to create room for the seven. The six, which is the dig route, or the eight, which is the post. Yeah. Those are the three routes you got to play then. But if you're playing with enough depth and have your shoulders square, reading the release, reading the quarterback, reading the quarterback's eyes and shoulders, then you can drive top down on that as well. And, that, and that's why I feel like a lot of people don't understand mental processing is such a huge part of playing the safety position because you have to understand tendency and then mm-hmm. also understand, like you said, the route breaks that come along with any coverage that you're playing. And that's only if you're playing cover two, if you're playing cover one, if you're playing cover right. three, if you're playing any of these other coverages. That all, all, all these change now, and it's, it's very interesting to go into the, the mental side of playing that safety position. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's all eye discipline. Sure. That's really what it is. Read your keys. And if you're not reading the receiver in cover two, what are you doing? Yeah. That's how you, that's how you, you win the game. That's how you win the play. Let them tell you what they're, they're doing. Now yeah. play your technique. Yep. Okay, because you're not going to know everything. I've always said this. You know, we talk about game plans all the time, and you go through game plans, tendencies, in the third quarter, and you're beat up and you're tired, you don't remember how many times they run toss out of this formation. You just have to rely on your eyes. So then you can read your keys, play technique, and play ball. So now the biggest weaknesses of this coverage, and you talked about that deep hole. Some of the coaches I've worked with in the past have called it the turkey hole, that area yeah. between the corner and the safety. Uh, what are some of the other weaknesses here of this cover two scheme? Well, the, like you said, the first one's flat seven. If yeah. you're a cover two team, you're going to get that. Yeah. It may be eight times a game. Yep. The next one, I think, is four verticals. Sure. Okay, four verticals means four go routes down the field, usually done from a two-by-two. Two. Yep. <clears throat> Smart teams run on a three-by-one. So it's three guys on one side of the field, the backside X. And what they'll do is they'll take number three, count outside in, one, two, three, bend him across the formation. It becomes four verticals. Yeah. It's just a different way to get to it. <clears throat> the problem is it goes back to what we talked about. Again, discipline within the scheme. That corner allows an outside release. Now the safety widens. Now the safety has to play two routes, an outside fade and an inside seam. That's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. Your Mike Backer is an open to the passing strength. 
Okay, if it's two by two balance, you will designate that before the game. It's usually to the quarterback's hand, so it usually be a strong left call for the defense, right-handed quarterback. So open to that, but he's got to be able to flip his hips. That's why a guy like Luke Keekley is so good at it. Brian Erlacher was excellent at it. You need an athlete at linebacker. Yeah. A guy can flip his hips almost like a defensive back and have range. So the safeties are going to overlap throws to the middle of the field. We mean overlap, if you're in your deep half position, you're square to the quarterback, that quarterback takes his hand on the ball, you go. You overlap over the top. So it almost looks like three deep coverage now because right. that Mike Backer's running. And you have to overlap, put a hit in the wide receiver. And, again, that's tougher in today's game because of the targeting rules. You still want to separate that receiver from the ball, but you've got to watch where your headgear is. Sure. What, what makes cover two such a popular coverage in the red zone? Uh, because you can put a tent on top of the defense. You could drop your mic back, or you could tell your safeties, don't even backpedal. Just yeah. put your heels in the goal line. If they throw it over your head, it's going out of bounds. Uh, playing red zone defense is great. It's yeah. fun. Uh, you could be aggressive. The ball has to come up quick. You're, you've got a 12th defender at that end line. But you could also drop your two inside defenders in a nickel formation. It's going to be a linebacker in a slot corner. And your base formation is to be a Will and Sam backer in a 4-3 front. And your Mike, so those Will and Sam, they're seam players. Yeah. I call it seam hook. And they drop about 10 to 12 yards between the numbers and the hash. That's their zone. Yep. The problem with cover two right now is that teams are taking advantage of it because it's more of a static defense. It's a landmark defense. Yep. And if you don't have the proper personnel for it, you can get lit up a little bit. So what teams are doing, they call it pattern match. It's almost the best way to describe it is a matchup zone in basketball. Right. Anyone who's played basketball, uh, you're playing a 2-3 zone, but it's really a man when that guy comes into your zone. Same thing, those seam players, if a guy squats and runs a hitch, you've got you to drive to that. you got to take that away. You can't be late, especially in the red zone. If you're late in the red zone, it's six points. Sure. So now let's transition now to cover three uh, and really the difference here for the corner. What is the biggest difference now for a corner? Obviously a huge one between cover two cover three. You're playing off. Yeah. You're usually playing off. Now Seattle's different. You know, Seattle will press their corners, and, and that is cover three. It's more a matchup cover three, as I call it. But standard cover three is three deep, four underneath. You have two curl flat defenders, two hook defenders inside. Your corner's outside and the deep outside one-third, your free safety in the deep middle field. Usually your strong safety in the base defense rolls down to the strong side of the field. He's got the curl to flat. Drop 10 to 12 yards to the top of the numbers. You cannot be out-leveraged. Yep. That's what people don't understand about cover three sometimes. That ball gets past you in the flat, it's on the safety. Yeah. And now you're chasing. Never be out-leveraged. you got to hold off the curl. The number one combination they're going to run at you is curl flat. They're going to wait. That quarterback's going to wait for you to clear that curl. He's going to hit the curl. So the corner's going to drive top down, almost like man coverage. It's basically off-man coverage for corner. That's really what it is. Now, there's ways you can beat it. There's three-level routes. Uh, you can run off the corner, run a seven route behind it, which is called a sail route, and then underneath in the flat. But it's base form. It's three deep, four underneath. You see it early down in distances. It's really a run defense. Sure. Because you have your strong safety. That's an eight-man front. Yep. But what Seattle has done is they've made it their core defense. Now, again, personnel-wise, Seattle's got Cam Chancellor. they got Wagner. they got Earl Thomas in the post. Yeah. Sherman outside. They have a lot of key parts to that defense. You know, in the past, it was called a high school defense. And I don't agree with that. Yeah. If you got players that play with eye discipline, play with technique, are in their drop and get depth in their drop and are square to the quarterback, it, I mean, it's almost like cover two at a point. I mean, it's zone defense driving the ball, force everything underneath. And your corner's got to play with leverage. They have to stay outside leverage. And funnel, I use the term funnel, what it means is push everything to your free safety. He's your help. Yeah. Your hook defenders, those are your help. Now, the difference between man coverage and cover three, if they run a crossing route, it's a corner, you don't chase it because you're in zone. You'll squeeze in on it, and then you'll back off. 
Because any time as a defensive player, especially in the secondary, when something goes underneath, that means something's coming back usually. Yeah. I, it's interesting because you know you see some of these corners and on the outside they try and cheat it a little bit. Mm. You're trying to predict what that offense is. I'm, I'm trying to remember who the offensive team was, but I remember Seattle gave up a touchdown. It may have been Carolina. Ran a three-level stretch. You talked about that three-level read. Yeah. And Richard Sherman saw the intermediate coming, and he tried to jump the intermediate route. And I believe that whoever the quarterback was, if it was Carolina, Cam Newton hit the deep route for right. the touchdown over the top. And it's a, how tough is it for that corner to, you know, you want to try and be instinctive and, and almost take the, not take the cheese, but uh, if you're trying to make a big play, you'll see some chances being taken. Yeah, and another one is post-wheel, I call. Sure, so yeah. it's two through the zone. So you'll one. have number one run a post, number two runs a wheel route, and wheel route is out to the flat and up. So that post, that corner gets cleared out. Yep. And in cover three, those underneath defenders, so your wheel backer and four three and your strong safety, the wheel route's yours. Yeah. You're, you got to go. Yep. You got to run with it. And what happens a lot is they get behind the linebacker, that corner's removed, the safety's now occupied with the post too. You know, time to strike up the band and play the fight song. So as a corner, you have to be able to it, – it's really hard. I mean, yeah. think about it. You have to be able to stay on top of the post and get your eyes inside so you can overlap the wheel route. How hard is it for the safety you know, to play as a post player in cover three in that situation? What, how is it different than playing as in a two-high role? Well, it's a lot different because you've got to be deep as the deepest. Yep. You have to take away the seam in the post. They're going to try to throw four verticals is another way to beat cover three. Yeah. They're going to try to hit the seam. So you have to be square, be low in your pedal, be able to drive downhill at a 45-degree angle to those seams. But you also can't take the cheese. Yep. Teams are going to run pin routes. I call a pin, you know, a, a dig with a post over the post top. Behind it. Yep. Yeah, they're going to try to get you out of that middle of the field yeah. so they can take that corner one-on-one. Now it does become man coverage down the field. But you have to play with depth. You have to play with vision. Uh, you have to be able to stay open, flip your hips, go to the other side of the field, and you have to show range. I mean, really, as a free safety in the NFL, the good ones, you have to be able to get from the deep middle of the field to the top of the numbers. Yeah. That's a long way to go. But to get there, you have to be – very good with your eyes to read that quarterback and go. I always thought of cover three, too, as being really tough with play action because, like mm-hmm. you talked about, it's a, it's a great run defense because you have the safety rolled down. Teams will will know that, and they'll try and get that, that, that high safety to come down. And you mentioned the pin. You've got all these other kind of route combinations that can take advantage of any kind of single high safety, whether it's you know a dig post. Yep. You mentioned the pin. There are all these other different concepts to try and bring that safety in and hit it over the top. But uh, transitioning now to cover four quarters, what are, you, what are you looking at here for quarters? What are the main responsibilities of that corner? Well, quarters is very similar for the, for the cornerback in cover three, and same as cover three. You're off. Uh, some teams will play press. Kansas City's played press before in cover, in cover four. You could do that. But your corners are off about seven yards, outside shade. Now your safeties are inside. It's quarters, four across the board, three underneath. Hook player, two curl, or basically two flat players, as I yeah. like to call it. And as your corner... <clears throat> It all depends on the split. If you have a tight split between number one and number two, the best way to do that is, is to make a Zorro call. And a Zorro call is when the safety in the corner are going to pass them off. Because with teams to beat cover four, they'll put two guys close together and run a scissors route. Right. So post in a corner. Yep. If you chase, you're going to knock each other off, first of all. And now your safety playing inside leverage. Because I like the safety to be inside number two. Yeah. To take away the seam. Sure. Natural position. And, you, and if you start stemming outside, then you weave outside. Again, all technique. You'll see the pin route a lot in cover four because they're going to remove that strong yes. safety. Strong safety's taught anything past 12 yards is mine. Well, on a football field, it's hard to tell what 12 yards is sometimes. <laughs> and I'm guilty of it. Every safety's guilty. You take the dig at 10. You're gone. So now the corner, you've got to stay on top of the post. Yeah. You can't assume there's help. 
But then if you do read it right, and let's say it's a post outside and a little hitch inside, what the safety does is now you bracket number one. It's outstanding. If they run a dig route, you should pick that off every time. You're standing there. Two squats, boom, my eyes are at a one-one. It's a dig route. I'm going to get it. Yep. Now, if it's a post, what you do is you open, drive to the hip of the wide receiver, and basketball turn. Now you got two guys running down the field with the post. Again, that should be a pick. Right. Where cover four gets in trouble, three by one, four verticals. Who takes number three? So what a lot of teams do is they push the free safety. They tell the free safety, look, three by one, you got number three. So you're making a pre-snap call yes. to try and motion him over. Well, we got we to take away that because the mic is going to wall off number three. So they run a crosser. He's going to stand in front of him. He's going to wall him off. But he's also got to carry three. It's a tough responsibility with no help over the top. So you want that free safety to come over. Now, in that situation, if the quarterback immediately looks to the X in the back side of free safety, no, no, they'll go. Yeah. They'll, pick up, they'll pick it off. But I really like cover four, and this is why. Versus the run. You put your safeties at eight yards. This is what is interesting because people think of cover four and they think, oh, it's a prevent defense and yeah. it's a great run defense. It's an eight-man front. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about against a pro set, you yeah. know, two wide receivers, a tight end, two backs, the free safeties would be off a little bit and the free safety reads the open side tackle. Run pass. High hat's a pass. He, low hat's a run. Sure. Then you'll come down and fill the alley. And if it's a run away, you got cut back A away. It's a strong safety. You put him at eight yards. That tight end blocks, boom, you're downhill. And I call it flat foot read. Don't even backpedal. Go downhill. If it releases, you got time. You're already inside leverage. You can take away the seam. Again, if he runs a seven route, you can play football. Go get it. Yeah. You can tell what that is. But I love it versus the run because it really does give you an eight-man front. and allows you to disguise, too. You can show cover, too. Right. Have your corners start backing off. Have your safeties come back in. Boom, now you're downhill. Yeah. And for Eagles fans now that can think of cover four, Think back to the, the big pass play. John Brown, two years ago, 2014 season for a touchdown it late in the game. It was cover four. It was cover four. Uh, and it was, a, I think it may have been a pin route, too. You had the dig that Nate Allen jumped on the and dig. Kerry and everyone Williams was, outside. Everyone yeah. crushed Nate Allen. You want Kerry Williams to be able to run with that post. But, <clears throat> what you should always tell your, your corners in cover four is that post is yours. Yeah. Maybe the safety will be there. Maybe not. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. But you have to stay on top of that post, son. Yeah. That's what you have to do. That's what the defense is designed. Every defense has a weakness. But if you play with technique, you understand your cushion, you understand when to open and run, then it's one-on-one football down the field. Go make a play. Go save us. Yeah. Uh, well, let's transition now to man coverage and all different kinds of man. You, right. you have the cover zero. You've got cover one. There's man free. There's two man. In general, and we'll, we'll kind of loop this into one before we get into I know we'll, we'll talk about some of the specifics, but in general, for man coverage as a corner, what are some of the biggest challenges? What are you looking for if you know you're in man lining up pre-snap? Well, it's hard, first yeah. of all. Man sure. coverage is hard. Everyone yeah. thinks it's easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone can do it. No, that stuff's hard. Uh, let's start with off-man coverage. Okay. Off at seven yards. Flat foot read. Read through the three-step. What I mean by that is don't backpedal right away. Don't backpedal out. Don't panic. Yeah. Because what they're going to do is run slant on you. So one, if it's a three-step slant, you should be downhill now. Outside leverage. You're always outside leverage. Your help's inside. And a basic cover one, free safety deep, you're one of your linebackers going to be a rover inside. Call one lurk, whatever you want to call yep. it. You're going to have help. But play that three-step. Okay, now he's not at three. I mean, he's at four. He's at five. He's going. Okay? Next thing, double moves. Double moves come at eight yards. Sure. Yep. Okay, that's what they break, around eight to ten. No routes break at eight to ten. Double moves only. Yeah. So if he starts chopping at eight, don't, 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 don't take the bait. It. Don't drive, yeah. Every other route outside the three-step breaks at 12 to 15. Whether it's your dig, it's your curl, your comeback, your post. You get to 16 and he's not breaking, you got to run. Yeah. That's the go route. 
okay? But there's ways you can break down the route, okay? And, again, it's technique. You want to stay square in your pedal. And we're talking that's basic form, right? So you want to stay square in your pedal. When he eats up your cushion, you got to open. You have to open because these wide receivers, especially in the NFL, they all run 4-4. Some run 4-3. You have to open and run and be able to stack on top. You want to be on top of the route. That's how you eliminate his path to the fade. You get right in front of him. Yeah. Okay? And now anything else, if it's a curl, if it's a dig, if it's a comeback, when you open, now you're open. Chop down, break on the ball. And at the last part is play the pocket. Now use that term, play the pocket. When yep. he puts his hands up, stick your hands in between. That's where the ball's going. Shoot your hands, yeah. yep. Yeah. Even if you're beat out of the break, you can still recover and finish the play. For strong safety, it's a little different. A lot of times against a pro set, you're against a tight end. You should never get beaten play action because the tight end tells you what he's doing. If yeah. he blocks down, it's a run. It's probably power. If he reach blocks, it's probably zone. If he runs off the line, it's probably pass. Yeah. It's a run with him. And usually what you see more and more now is a safety walks down and gets up and plays press. I like that helps even more run pass because if it's a pass, he's going. You'll feel it. Sure. Free safety. Very similar to cover three. You're that angel over the top of the defense. If those corners get beat, they're going to point at you and say, where were you? Okay. (laughs) But, again, stay square because, you know, the top quarterbacks in the league, Brady, Breeze, Cam, these guys are going to move the safety. Yeah. They're going to look to the open side of the formation to get you open the hips, and boom, they're going to snap back and they're going to throw the dig. Now you're open. You have to be able to recover as a safety. If you open, so what? You're okay. You got time. Flip your hips back and drive. You have time. Ultimately, like everyone to stay square, that's coach speak. That's stuff that's drawn on the chalkboard. Football's not playing on a chalkboard. Yeah. You're going to have to have a toolbox to play with as a defensive back in terms of technique and stuff you can rely on, whether it's the head whip, whether it's open angle turn, whether it's playing the pocket at the point of attack to save you. But cover one is man coverage. It's, we used to call it cat coverage. You got this guy, I got this guy. Let's go to work. Now, press man is different. What I don't like and I see too often right now at every level, especially in the NFL, is I call it opening the gate. Yep. You line up and press, you open, you run. Just go play off coverage. Then. Don't waste your time. You're, you're losing the advantage right, right away. Right. And now you're in a foot race and you're backwards. Right. Yep. He's got a jump, head start on you. If you're not going to disrupt him, don't play press. Yeah. Now playing a bail technique is different because you're going to open and start to sink for the snap, give yourself a little cushion. But you play press, you just open and say, hey, hey. The door's open. Come on, run run a go route on me. Have fun. No, no. no. Get your hands on him. Again, the mirror drill. The mirror drill is the best thing for defensive backs who play press coverage during practice. Mirror the guy in front of you. Slide your feet. He takes an outside stem. You you slide your feet. Punch with your offhand. If he takes an outside release, you're punching with your inside hand. He takes an inside release, punching with your outside hand. So you can ride him and stay square. Because you could flatten a receiver out in man coverage. He's not getting the ball. The quarterbacks, their eyes are gone. He's not coming back to him because he saw you whipped him at the line of scrimmage. And then it's just play to that back hip. You're on the hip. You funnel him inside. You play with your outside leverage. And cover one, if they catch an inside breaking route, it's on the defense. Right. So coach told you to do, right? Sure, yeah. Your linebackers have to be there. Safety's got to be there. And what you do is you draw, always drive to the upfield shoulder of the receiver. You start undercutting routes. You better make the You're play. Beat. Yeah, that's the thing with man coverage is everybody else has their own man. If you get beat, I mean, you only you have very limited yeah, help. Yeah, then you're telling your free safety who's 30 yards deep by that time, hey, go make the tackle sure. for him. It's not that yeah. easy. Drive to the upfield chill. Because then if you don't make the play, you make the tackle. It happens, especially in the NFL. Wide receivers get paid good money for a reason, right? Yeah. They're pretty good. So if they make the tackle, get them on the ground, 
Help them up and say, I'm going to get you next time. Yeah. Matt, you opened it up to talking about man coverage with how, how difficult it is. Yeah. And you il- illustrated it perfectly because you, know, you talk about the route breaks and, and the, the different yardage increments where you know, it could be a double move, yeah. it could be a quick route, it could be a deep route. At what point do you think it's teachable? And at what point do you think it's just natural where a guy just has a good feel for being able to hit pocket with receivers? Well, guys have natural depths. coverage yeah. skills. And it's usually the, their athletic ability, really. Yeah. It's their footwork, their flexibility in their hips. I mean, yeah. if you're a stiff athlete, playing man coverage is hard. Yeah. Because you have to flip so many times. You have to be able to play from an open angle position and drive back downhill. It's like I said, you're not always going to stay square. But the technique is very teachable. I really believe it. Even at the pro level. The NFL players can always get better. Because in the NFL, after your first two years, you're going to get slower, you're going to get beat up. You have to win with technique. Revis is a guy I look at. Revis sure. is an excellent technician. Revis doesn't run like he used to. Yeah. It's father time. It's understandable. Yep. You know, I played with Champ Bailey in Washington. Champ looked like he was dancing with the receiver. That's what you want, man, when you're dancing with him, with you're matching his every move. And then you strike at the last minute and go try to get the football. But it's really technique, 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 and man coverage. You cannot win without it. In college and high school, yeah. You can't because guys who get drafted are usually the best players in the field. They can get away with that stuff. They can recover when they're beat. The NFL, when you get beat, the quarterback usually doesn't know how to throw it, yeah. not very often, and they usually don't miss. So you have to be in position to play the football. And the, the number one thing about man coverage is don't look for the ball right. until you're in until phase, you're in phase. until yep. you're on the hip. Because yep. when you look for the football, especially on a deep ball, you drift. Yeah. You lose, you lose your man. Yeah, you lose balance. You, the ball starts to bounce a little bit on you, like a center fielder in baseball. Do not look for the ball because you won't make up the space. If you're beat, run to that hip and play the pocket. That's the way to do it. Because if you look back for the ball, and all of a sudden, oh, there it goes. It's, even, on, even if you're driving on the curl, when you come out of your break, don't look up for the ball. It's that little hesitation. That's all it takes. Right. And now you're making a tackle instead of making a PBU. Yeah. Or now you're making a PBU instead of making a pick. Don't look until you're in phase. And it's the hardest habit to break. The hard, I teach, I mean, I coach at the high school level. Yeah. Impossible habit. Impossible. College is hard. Even the pros is hard. Because right. right? hey, you're human. Hey, they're throwing it to me. I'm going to go get it. Yeah. But you can't be late. It's almost, you think of it, crossover to other sports, too. You know, I, I can remember playing uh, hockey, and if you're playing defense and you're one-on-one with, a, with another skater and they're coming right at you, you're not playing the puck. You, you've got to play the body because right. at, at some point, you know, they can, they can, the ball could fool you at some point. You want to be able to play the body because the body, that's, that's what's going to beat you. So right. it's, it's interesting the crossover from different sports. But Matt Bowen, I appreciate the time here on the Chalk Talk on the Eagle Line of the Sky podcast. Uh, we'll have to have you on very, very, uh, very soon. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Great stuff from Matt. Again, you can follow him on Twitter just like I do, at MattBowen41. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all of the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that I produce here at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know I really appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. And that's just one way to support the show. But the other is to go onto iTunes or go onto Stitcher, give us a rating, and leave us a comment. We actually got one recently from write him who said he loved the discussion with John Bunting that we did a few weeks ago about the linebacker position and he was wondering if I could do a Saturday scouting on Brandon Graham he said he remembers when Graham was coming out people talked about him as a top five or top ten pick if not for his lack of measurables well write him thanks for leaving the comment thanks for leaving us the rating that's why we're going to reward you here now I didn't take notes on Brandon Graham coming out of school now back in 2010 I was working with Temple, so I wasn't doing full-on scouting reports uh, of all these draft prospects. But I do have 
a little bit of an anecdote we can share. Jim Schwartz, when he was bought here, you can, you can go back to the story, okay? Graham, I think, is going to be a starter in this scheme. And when Jim Schwartz was asked about Brandon Graham when he arrived earlier this winter, you go back to the Senior Bowl. And when he went to, at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, he was disruptive all week at practice. And then he goes out in the game. He has five tackles. He has two sacks, one forced fumble. He was named MVP of the game. His coach that day was Jim Schwartz. He coached the North squad with his Lions coaching staff, and he actually he actually joked when he got here, Jim Schwartz did, about how he helped vault Brandon Graham up the draft board that year, and he deserves a little bit of that signing bonus that he got. But obviously, look, I, I think Graham's going to be a starter this year in this scheme. I think I'm really, really excited to see how he looks opposite Vinny Curry, who you got to imagine is going to be the other starter on the other side. You have Fletcher Cox and Benny Logan inside. It's going to be a really, really fun defensive line to watch. A team that, or a, a unit that did such a good job of disrupting a year ago in a two-gap scheme. Now taking the taking the chains off and letting them attack upfield is going to be really, really fun to watch. So I'm excited to see uh, Brandon Graham in this scheme. Thanks again to write him for that comment and that rating on iTunes. All right, let's keep the show going. I told you earlier that we would get to jump into the locker room and meet one of the rookies. Well, at that time, it's that time of the show. Let's get into this conversation in two technique time to get inside the mind of a player it's time for two technique joining me this week is eagles rookie running back wendell smallwood and wendell your versatility was praised coming out of west virginia and i wanted to talk to you just about all the different spots that you line up at how hard is that to prepare for as a running back obviously you have to worry about everything that goes on in the run game but then when you take into account all the different routes you have to run all the different defenders that could potentially match up to you how much does that add on to your plate as a back going into each week's game plan I feel like it definitely makes me a better player. And I felt like when I got comfortable with the running back stuff, just coming out the backfield, I wanted to get to know more. I wanted to learn more spots. So I started getting into the receiver stuff, which I thought was real important to my game, learning how to run those routes and help team. Some teams couldn't defend it. Teams had to prepare for it and it threw a lot of teams off. So I definitely think it adds value to yourself being a running back, being able to go out there and run receiver routes, come back in the backfield, do the running back and then motion out do all kind of receivers though. I definitely think it creates different matchups, helps and it definitely helps the team. When, when you're watching linebackers near the team and, and you you say, okay, I'm going to be stuck man-to-man on this guy at some point during the game, how different is it when you're attacking him in man coverage when you're lined up in the backfield as opposed to if you get moved into the near slot or if you moved out wide? Uh, what, how does that change the way you're going to attack him? I think coming out the backfield, guys – some guys think you're not you're not can't move how the receivers move, so it catches them off guard, and they ended up reach end up reaching for somewhere or making a, or trying to just be physical with you. But I think catching them guys off guard coming out the backfield it definitely scares linebackers a lot. I see them try to grab all the time, try to hold you, and you just getting them out of position basically. All right, so before we get into Saturday scouting, I'm going to quickly break down how to subscribe to a podcast. If you're listening to this show on PhiladelphiaEagles.com or if you're listening to this on the Philadelphia Eagles mobile app, it's really easy. If you like what you hear, you just go to your native podcast app on your device, whether it's a tablet or your smartphone. You search for Eagle Eye in the Sky. You hit subscribe, and the show comes down to your phone each and every week, and you don't have to worry about searching for it. Now you can listen whenever and wherever you want. It's the best way to consume content. We've got so many great podcasts here on the Philadelphia Eagles Network, and uh, whether it's this podcast, we have the Journey to the Draft, which will come back in the fall. The Eagles Insider will come back in the fall as well. And then obviously, look, you can't match the access uh, and the the insight that Dave Spadaro is getting right now on the Eagles Live podcast. Uh, Some of the interviews and some of the access you get there is just outstanding. So check out all the podcasts that we have to offer. 
all year round here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. But let's wrap this podcast up like we do each and every week. Let's get into Saturday Scouting. It's time for Saturday Scouting. All right, so I talked about it earlier. Last week, I talked about Aziz Shitu. who was an undrafted free agent, signed from Stanford by the Eagles after this draft. And I told you last week how excited I was about Shitu and his addition to the roster and uh, into this defensive line group. So I thought, you know what, for Saturday scouting this week, let's dive deeper into the notes there on Shitu and, and show you guys exactly what I saw from him when I watched the Cardinal this past fall. And Shitu, he was down at the Shrine game. So I watched him leading up to that game. And honestly, I thought he was one of the five best players at the event in terms of leading up. I was really, really excited to see him in person. He was just over six foot two, six oh two one, so six two and one eighth inches, two hundred and eighty four pounds. Now what's really interesting, and this is what you're gonna hear, is I'm gonna talk a lot about the three four scheme and how he played defensive end in a three four, which at that size, again, he was two eighty four at the at the uh, at his pro day, but he played much lighter than that at Stanford. But wait till you hear how he was used. It's really, really interesting. He lined up as a defensive end. He was the right defensive end in the base fourth or a base three four scheme as a four eye or a five technique. So he played Fletcher Cox's position in a three four scheme for Stanford. But when they went to sub package, he slid down to three technique, and sometimes he even lined up as a nose tackle as a zero technique, even in base downs right up over the center at under two hundred and eighty pounds. So it's really really intriguing to see how he was used by Stanford. But really, what stood out to me about Shitu was. He, how well he timed the snap. And I wrote down, times the snap really well. He fires off the ball with good pad level and good hat and hand placement. He gets into blo- blocks quickly, and he looks to control the situation at the point of attack. He does a great job staying square at the line of scrimmage through contact, a very disciplined run defender that is always in his gap, and he's flashed the ability to two-gap even though he's a bit undersized. He can anchor down against the double team without giving up much ground, but he can also win with quickness off the ball, showing the burst and the timing to penetrate backfields quickly. I thought he was a very good athlete for the position, and he had the quickness, the change direction, and burst to play sideline to sideline. And he looked much more athletic on tape than what his test numbers showed. As a pass rusher, he had a variety of different, ro- of different moves, but really thr- uh, flourished with the swim move. That was his go-to pass rush move, but also had the spin, the rip, the speed rush, and also a bull rush. He attacked passing lanes on his way to the quarterback, and he w- showed the ability to win both inside and outside. He was very effective on stunts and blitzes, something we know is very much a part of Jim Schwartz's scheme, if you've been listening to this podcast. And he's a very smart and savvy player in those situations, knows how to hold up offensive linemen and sacrifice himself, works very well in tandem with some of his fellow defensive linemen. One of the other things that I just love about this kid, extremely high motor. He made a ton of plays from the backside. He's relentless between the numbers and a form tackler that wraps up like he's a linebacker. So I really, really like shit too. Obviously, look, the guy went undrafted. He wasn't a perfect player. You know, I, I was really interested to see what position he was going to play at the next level. What scheme was he going to end up in? But if he's, I thought if he was going to stay on the inside, which he's going to do here in Philadelphia, look, he's going to need to bulk up and continue to add strength. He's only 284 pounds, and that's the case. He's going to need to get bigger, uh, continue to add strength to hold up. He will benefit from an NFL weight room. He can get overpowered at times in the run game well, you know, against bigger linemen, against double teams. His pads will rise sometimes, and that doesn't help matters. When, you, when your pad level rises, you lose the ability to hold your ground at the point of attack in the run game. So uh, needs to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, but then also his pass rush skill. So just learning how to string multiple moves together. He flashed the ability to win with that spin move and that swim. But once he got blocked, you wanted to see him counter. And that's one of the things that he'll need to learn to do once he gets to this level. But overall, 
I love Chatou's play personality. He was one of my favorite prospects to watch on tape at his position. And I, and I wrote that I was really excited to see what role he plays at the next level. Was it going to be a 4-3 DN? Was he going to be a 3-4 outside linebacker? Is he going to be a developmental three technique? But regardless, I think he sticks in the league. Technique, motor, and play speed make him a potential starter down the road. That's why I wrote about him a few months ago. Obviously, here in Philadelphia, he's going to be a potential three technique down the road, a developmental guy, and I'm really, really excited to see him develop into that kind of role. I really, really like shit too. Uh, again, one of my favorite prospects to watch at his position in the draft, so I was really excited to see him get picked up here by the Eagles after the draft. But uh, let's wrap this show up again. Thanks to Matt Bowen and everybody out there listening, whether you're on iTunes and Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and, of course, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you, and if you have the time, again, Go on, rate the show, leave us a comment. We'll throw you in the show. If you leave a question, we will answer it here on the program. But for my producer, BT, I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.